The scripture reading for today is Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In Hebrews 2, 1-4 to Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you in this Sunday morning. I'm glad that you are joining us today, worshiping our Lord, Jesus Christ. If you are worshiping as a family, please bless one another. Just say that I'm glad that you are worshiping together. And those of you who are worshiping um, alone, uh, you are not alone, but we are spirit, uh, we're worshiping together in spirit and truth. So our theme for this year, 2022, is running the race uh, together. Last Sunday, we share our vision message as we begin a brand new year. And then starting from today, we are going to cover the book of Hebrews together until uh, the Palm Sunday. So today's message, the title is called The Starting Point. So brothers and sisters, I would like to begin uh, today's message by saying that uh, knowing Jesus and having personal relationship with him is the starting point of our running the race. Now, uh, for Christians, Running the race is not an option. Uh, we as a Christian literally means that we are followers of Christ. Therefore, as we pursue and follow Christ, uh, this running the race with Christ, for Christ, towards Christ is not an option. Many of us, we understand Christianity or being Christian as a cultural sense, especially those who are born in Christian home. Now, just because you are born in Christian home or your parents are Christian uh, doesn't mean that you are running the race. Just because you are attending Sunday worship, it doesn't mean that you are running the race. That's why I began with opening remark saying, knowing Christ and having 
personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that when he becomes the Lord and Savior of your life, that is when you are able to truly run the race. So now as we talk about running the race, uh, we have to understand what is the essence of running the race? What is the purpose why we need to run the race? And that's what exactly the book of Hebrews is explaining to us throughout the letter. And let me remind you once again that the book of Hebrews was written in A.D. 65, around 64 to 67, uh, to the church in Rome. Uh, and we don't know exactly who is the author of the book of Hebrews. Because unlike other New Testament epistles, uh, it doesn't indicate who exactly wrote in the beginning or middle or towards the end of the letter. But all we know is that the person, uh, Timothy, was addressed. Uh, so this author was very close to or affiliated with Timothy. Um, the beginning of church history, many people thought it was Paul uh, who wrote uh, the letter of Hebrews. And yet, uh, when they uh, read through the uh, entire book of Hebrews, the writing style is very different from Paul's writing. So some people feel or believe that maybe Paul wrote it, and yet it was translated in Hebrews. Uh, maybe someone like Luke, who was a doctor, company Paul, or Silas, who closely did missions work with Paul, or uh, Martin Luther uh, believed that it was Apollo uh, who wrote the book of Hebrews, or uh, some people argue that Barnabas wrote the book of Hebrews. But all we know is that um, more than uh, who wrote exact letter, the book of Hebrews, the purpose and theme is to motivate and encourage those Christian brothers and sisters in Rome, but also others going through tremendous pressure, persecution, confusion as well. And we have to recognize that during that time, Rome was a center of the universe, center of the world. A lot of different ideology, philosophy, political agenda, and there are a lot of conflicts and turmoil that people were going through. So you can imagine that Christians who are minority, who have been persecuted, were under so much tension and pressure. And they didn't have a proper building or structure, even finance and social status like the way that we are able to enjoy our Christian life today, 2022. So I think that this is very relevant to us because many of us who are going through this pandemic, new norm, a lot of people are confused, and even gathering together or worshiping online, so many things are shifting. And people who are going through a political struggle, a different ideology, culture, values, and so on, 
And the book of Hebrews is really encouraging to all of us because even 2,000 years ago, as Christian brothers and sisters were going through difficulties, the core message is that, you know what? Only way for us to make it, only way for us to run the race properly, it is by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that is the only way for us to go to eternal home, final destination. Our Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end and everything of the race. Therefore, the book of Hebrews is encouraging people, not only that, book of Hebrews chapter 1 from beginning to the end and even chapter 2 talks about then who is this person of Jesus Christ and why he's the beginning, why he's everything of the race. So today I would like to share uh, the starting point, Jesus as a starting point, the why he's the starting point and everything of the race. Number one, the book of Hebrews stating that Jesus as the final word of God. That is very important statement, that Jesus is the final word of God. In verse 1 and 2, Long ago, at many times, and many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now we know that God created heaven and earth by his word. We also know that Jesus is the word of God. So from very beginning, Jesus created by his word and through his word. And Jesus came to also restore and redeem everything. And what book of Hebrews is saying is that there's no more revelation Apart from Jesus. And Jesus is the absolute way and absolute revelation of who God is. That Jesus is God himself and fulfillment of God's promise. Therefore, he has a final word. He has a final authority over our lives. Of course, the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrews who understand the Old Testament, the prophets, and they are very important. And yet, even though God spoke through these various ways and the prophets in the Old Testament, Jesus' word and final word fulfills and completes everything. And therefore, we need to understand the word of the Lord and God's revelation in line of who Jesus is. As we go through the, book, uh, the gospel account, uh, we understand that God has revealed who Jesus was. For example, Mount Transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. At this glorious sight, Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah. And this is what he said. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, 
This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And this is very important. Listen to him. What does it mean by listen to him? So he has everything to say about God. And he has authority even more than Moses and Elijah. That Moses and Elijah worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is superior than Moses and Elijah. Now, that speaks to us the superiority and who has a final authority over our lives. Therefore, we listen to Jesus. Now, maybe this is too kind of vague or theological. And in order to kind of maybe make it a little more tangible, let me use an illustration. Um, many of you know that you know, I have two daughters, Haley and Karis. And when they were young, okay, when they were young, we were very careful and we didn't want to give them a lot of candies and chocolate. But, you know, bringing them to church, especially our downtown campus, when we were just starting, there were a lot of aunties and uncles and young adults and college students. Like, they thought our girls were so cute and they wanted to give candies and chocolate. And whenever, you know, they want to do that, I said no. You know, because they're not allowed to eat candies or chocolate. They're, you know, young. But one day, uh, I remember one of my daughters, like, bringing chocolate and so excited and, you know, about to eat. And I said, oh, you shouldn't eat. And then, you know what my daughter said? Mommy said yes. And that was the end. Mommy said so, right? Um, when you go to work, uh, your manager says one thing, but then your CEO comes and says, well, would you be able to do this way? And who has a final authority? CEO has a final authority. Even at the army or team, your teammate is saying, well, pass the ball to me. And yet during timeout, your coach comes and says, you know what, before one second of the final game, you know, pass that ball to so-and-so, then you know what? That has a final word rather than your teammate who wishes to receive the ball. And it doesn't even compare with the CEO or the coach or parents. But what the book of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus Christ has a final authority over our lives, in fact, entire human history and all of our church. In verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world, because he is the son of God. He's the heir of all all things, and through whom everything was created. Therefore, apart from Jesus, there is no other word. The reason why there are cults and people who deviated to other religion or truth is that because they're pursuing truth apart from Jesus. And we have to be very careful even in some charismatic realm or world where they pursue revelation and yet apart from Jesus or apart from scripture, 
You see, God wants to speak to us, and He communicates, and He already communicates to us through His Word. So this is the Word that we have, and more than enough. And we have to focus on the fact that God wants to have a personal relationship with us, and He wants intimacy. And those who pursue to understand the word of the Lord has a final revelation of who God is. Especially 2,000 years ago in Rome, you know, they were urban Christians. So many different ideology and agenda, political agenda, ideology, philosophies. In a very similar way that many of us, we are facing this challenge and difficulties going through a new norm, relativism, postmodern culture, where even Christianity, we are forced to compromise certain aspects of truth because the culture is so strong and people are reacting against the scriptural absolute truth. And yet, we as followers of Christ, if we truly believe that Christ has a final authority and the word of God, there is no compromise. Because he has spoken to us. Now, when it comes to the power of word, uh, we are going to share more in depth when we cover chapter 4. But today we talk about the authority, final authority of God's word. So, brothers and sisters, let me ask you this question. Does the word of God have final authority over your life? Does the word of God have final authority over your finance, your decision-making, your future, the way that you are dealing with? As you go through a struggle whether you should forgive this person or not, yes, your emotion is saying no, revenge, walk away, quit the relationship. But the word of the Lord has a final authority over your emotion, your anger. When the culture is speaking so strong in certain ways about controversial issues, yes, it is difficult, and yet, do we dive into the word of the Lord and say, what does word, what does God say through the scripture? And we wrestle through it. Sometimes we don't understand fully, and yet, if Jesus has a final authority over our lives, even though we may not be able to comprehend in the season, still let go and surrender and wait. That's what it means for us to acknowledge that Jesus is the final word of God. Number two, Jesus as the perfect imprint of God. Now, as we run the race, because the race is very challenging. Sometimes we get punched here and there by the enemy and by the culture. We're exhausted. We go through suffering. And there are so many people in the world, you know, they're giving you confusing messages. Oh, you should run there and you should go there. It is very confusing. The people in the world are running and yet running towards different direction. So unless we really focus on our path, 
we get swayed, we get lost. But how do we have assurance, even though we may go through some difficulties and challenges in our lives? In verse 3, it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The radiance of God's glory. Imprint of who God is. What the passage is saying is that Jesus did not come merely as a teacher or merely as a prophet. He's not someone that we just learn from. He's everything. He's the perfect image of who God is. You see, liberal theology is saying that, well, Jesus, we need to respect. Yeah, I mean, he was truly, you know, humanitarian, you know, who helped out the poor, who fought for justice. So we need to learn from Jesus. But it's more than being a prophet or a teacher. He is the perfect imprint of God. And yet he came down to our level. And he went through suffering, rejection. And he died on the cross to give us eternal life. You see, that is the perfect imprint of who God is. Very clear picture of what kind of God that we are worshiping and following. And let me explain a little more of background of the book of Hebrews. The early days, actually, the title of the book of Hebrews was uh, For Hebrews. So you, need, you know the reader of this letter. It was written for Hebrews, written for Jews. But there are three types of Hebrews or Jews. Okay, so first type of Jews, there were like original like Hebrews or Jews who stayed in their own a place. And there are second type of Hebrews, they are diaspora Hebrews. So if you are in uh, Jerusalem, you are like original, like a native Jews. But then if you are in Rome, you are diaspora Jews. Just like uh, we have Korean congregation members who live in Korea, you know, they're Koreans. But if we live in Canada or North America, we are diaspora Korean. Right? So there are two, two types. So you understand there are two types. But there was a third type of Hebrews or Jews. And now these are Jews who are converted to Christianity. So there are three types of Jews or Hebrews. Now this book of Hebrews was written for third type of Jews or Hebrews who are converted Christians in Rome. 
And already, the Jews were going through persecution in Rome. Right? They're minors. Minority group. And yet they were still supporting one another amongst one another. But unfortunately, those who are converted to Christianity in Rome, they were like minority of the minority. And they were being disadvantaged, even from trading and doing business. They were going through difficulties relationally, financially. Life is already difficult as it is. And because you are believing in Jesus Christ, it is even more tougher. So then what happened was these diaspora Jews who believed in Judaism, and they were saying, see, because you are believing Jesus, you are being disadvantaged. You see, because you are believing Jesus and following, running the race, you are going through even more suffering. Maybe you are believing in wrong, false God. Maybe believing in Jesus is not worth it. Come back. So many Christian brothers and sisters in faith, they were being shaken. Oh, maybe that's so true. Because if we truly believe that Jesus is God and that Jesus is God, then maybe we should do better or maybe we should have prosperity. Things should work out better. But we're actually going through even more persecution. And other Jews and brothers and sisters say, see, if you believe in God, you should get into better school. You should make more money because God should give you prosperity. If God is true, why would you be persecuted right now? And that's how people were arguing and saying, and they were being shaken. Just like many of us, we struggle, right? Like, if I really follow God, and if God is really loving God, and he cares about me, then I should get into everything that I want, and I should do well financially. I should succeed in the world, but I'm suffering. I'm being mistreated because I follow Jesus. Maybe this Christianity is not true. But what book of Hebrews saying, Jesus is the perfect imprint of God, and yet even Jesus went through suffering, persecution, rejection, and he had to head towards the cross. And that's what who God is. Our God is suffering God who came to rescue us and redeem us, and it, through suffering, through the cross, there's a resurrection, there's an eternal life. In fact, running the race, we have to go through ups and downs of our life. And that is a journey. That is race. So, brothers and sisters, there are times that you may be disadvantaged when you take some you know, classes and school setting where they make fun of Christianity. Even in workplace, they may put you down. 
and yet never give up. Because that's a part of the race. And yet as we run the race, what happens is that he upholds the universe by the word of his power that he will uphold you. He will uphold your family. He will uphold your purpose. Do not give up. We as a church, therefore, we don't give up. I remember back in the days, our church used to send missions team to Afghanistan. And this one specific year that we were about to leave, and two days before, the Korea, the team, the missions team, In Afghanistan, they were detained as a hostage by Taliban. And some of the pastors got killed. And that became a social issue, even in Korea. And they were attacking and criticizing churches, you know, sending missions to Middle East or some of the difficult places. You know, why would you want to send, you know, missions team? Why would you want to preach the gospel when they don't want to hear the gospel? Just leave them alone. And during that season, many churches, they didn't know what to do. Like, and almost like maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we're not allowed to send missions team anymore. And you know what? After 2,000 years of Jesus ascending to heaven, he has given us a great commission to go to all nations. Now, the remaining mission place, unreached, unengaged people's group, they're all saturated in difficult places. And if we refuse to send missions or missionary or continue missions, we will not be able to reach out to all nations and every people. What book of Hebrews is saying is that, you know what? Do not give up. Even people outside who do not understand the gospel and great commission may make fun of you or criticize you, and that should not stop our missions. So we run the race. Thirdly, Jesus is the reason for the race. Chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. When I say the reason for the race, actually, just everything about the race. And this race is not about using Jesus as a stepping stone to move on to our next agenda, but the essence of the race is all about holding on to Jesus, and that is the race. I know that many of you have watched the Squid Game, and one of the Squid Game uh, game it was a tug of war, right? What's the essence of tug of war? It's about holding the rope. Once you let go, you lose. And that is the essence of Christianity. It's not about using Jesus as a stepping stone and we go somewhere. 
But from beginning to the end, it's about holding on to Jesus. And unless we hold on to Jesus, we get drift away. The essence of Christian life in every day is like how we hold on to Jesus every day. And that's why our leaders and Pastor Charles and our pastoral team are working hard to motivate you and challenge you so that daily you get to hold on to Jesus through the word of the Lord and through prayer. It's not legalism or making your life miserable or tired, but our Christian life, the essence of our call and invitation, the relationship with God, it's all about how do we hold on to Jesus every day of our life? How do we hold on to Jesus as we work? How do we hold on to Jesus as we study? How do we hold on to Jesus as we pursue marriage? In fact, until we have final breath on this side of heaven. So that when we go to eternal home, we get to be with Jesus. And that is the essence of running the race. Brothers and sisters, you and I, we are living in a world where everything is changing so quickly. Unless we are spiritually alert and sensitive, we're going to be drifted away. And I know that quite a few or even some of our congregation members for the past two years, like so tempted, being drifted away. And there are some of the congregation members that I haven't even seen for the past two years. And I hope and pray that you are still worshiping. Maybe some of you have been drifted away. Yes, things are changing. And we need to change as a church. We need to change the way that we approach. We need to change in order for us to grow, adapt, to adjust the culture. But we have to understand the essence of in which, why we need to change is because we need to hold on to unchanging truth of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. In order to hold on to Jesus, we change everything else. But many of us, I'm concerned and worried that in order for us to survive, we change everything, even including our relationship with Jesus. Our priority of worshiping, priority of pursuing scripture, priority of growing spiritually. You see, if that is changing, you will be drifted away. But you change everything else so that you will stay true to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and he who upholds your life and entire universe will hold you and you will be able to stay on track headed towards Jesus Christ, living your life for Christ. So, brothers and sisters, let me end today's message with this question. What are some of the areas you feel like you've been drifted, drifted away? Drifted away from your relationship with Jesus. 
drift away from this running the race course. Our Lord Jesus Christ is giving you invitation once again to come back so that you'll be able to hold on to Jesus. Let me end by saying Jesus is a starting point as well as everything of our running race. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for inviting into this privilege of running the race for Jesus, to Jesus, with Jesus. And brothers and sisters, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Uh, do you really believe that Jesus is the Lord, Savior of your life? Because that is the starting point, right? And if He is the Lord, then He should have a final word, authority over your life. And we don't get confused or we don't get swayed by the world, but we just fix our eyes on Jesus because He's the perfect, true image and imprint of God. So do not panic or do not get confused when you go through suffering because even Jesus went through suffering. So suffering that you're going through is not way off from the truth. In fact, when you pursue truth, when you take up the cross, you have to go through suffering. And finally, as we pray, Lord, there are certain areas where I feel like I've been drifting away, but Lord, I need you, your grace, to holding me back and help me to come back to you. Can we say that prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for giving everything through your Son, Jesus Christ. In Him, we have your truth. And we know who you are. And we know why we're running this race. Help us to hold on to Christ. No matter what the circumstance and wherever we are, and as much as it is confusing and difficult, the journey that we are going through, help us to be reminded again and again and again. And the purpose of our daily existence, it is to hold on to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.